0: pop in your headphones and tune out your kids, and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian, Mr. Matthew West.
1: Thank you. It's been two days since my last confession. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. The title of your podcast made me think of like that. Yeah,
0: like a confession, like the Catholic situation. Yeah, uh,
1: That well, I, I should have had a better opening line.
0: I like it. All right. It's actually fresh. I don't think anybody's ever done that. So I'm here for it.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me today. This is great.
0: Yeah, pumped to have you here. We're not just here to talk about your book, but we are both very excited about your new book that comes out like week after next when we're recording, right?
1: Yes, I'm super excited about it. I worked really hard on this book. It has lots of words in it. There are no pictures in the book. In case you're a fan of picture books.
0: I don't want to read it now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's got lots of words. And guys, words are hard. Words are so hard. Really proud of the book. But I am a little disappointed because I thought we started the interview like 10 minutes ago when you were telling me all about crawfish.
0: Uh Uh-huh. You thought all that was not crayfish and not mud bugs. Like, I'm really sorry that someone referred to them as mud bugs to you. Like, I would imagine that that would be. It
1: grossed me out.
0: Yeah. Like that would be off putting.
1: Yeah. It grossed me out. And so I just thought, I think your listeners, I mean, I'm sure whatever we're going to talk about is going to be so awesome, but I just feel like your listeners missed a riveting conversation about Crawfish and alligators and stuff. And how
0: good my husband is at boiling them. And yeah. 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 Anyways, well, maybe,
1: maybe that was just for us to experience. I think
0: that God really just had that moment for us to kind right. of like bond so that this could be a really good interview.
1: I am fascinated with Louisiana. Do your listeners know that that's where you live? Yes. Or,
0: okay. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, like, just fun, the least fun story, but fun story. I actually got doxxed last year. Like, my address and pictures of my house got put on the internet.
1: Wait, You got what? Dox. Oh, I thought you said vaxxed. You got doxed.
0: Doxed.
1: And what does doxed mean?
0: It means when people don't like you and your opinions. And so they figure out where they, where you live and put it on the internet.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: So I say that because it was one of the most traumatic things that's ever happened to me. But so people don't know like the city that I live in. They just know I live in, it's like not a big state, but you know. What did
1: you do to make people mad?
0: I uh, voted for Trump.
1: Oh, serious?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was it? Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Welcome to the internet in 2021. <laughs> my goodness. Oh, like found the Zillow like went through the Secretary of State website, found my home address, found the Zillow listing. It wasn't for sale, but Zillow just like holds onto that stuff and then like put them on Reddit with my address.
1: Okay, that's bizarre.
0: It was horrific. We don't uh, live in that uh, house anymore. Yeah.
1: So you had to move. Come on. I had,
0: to sh- I had to change my phone number, too.
1: Well, if you live in Louisiana, why don't you just get a pet alligator and let him live in your front yard and that'll keep... Right? I caught a lady taking pictures of my house the other day.
0: No, why?
1: I don't know. I, I want to believe it was just because she thought it was pretty. Yeah. But then I was like, well...
0: Like, maybe she had no idea that you live there.
1: Yeah, I don't know what was going on. But then um, the other night, we had a funny thing happen. This is such a Nashville thing. But, like, there's this, like, have you ever, you remember the name Tanya Tucker? Yes. She's, like, old school country. Yeah. Delta Dawn. Uh Uh-huh. Well, (laughs) my wife was on tour with me. I was playing the show in Michigan.
0: I love Michigan.
1: My daughters call, and they're like, someone's at the door. We're scared. My mom was staying with the kids. And the ring doorbell, like, goes off, whatever. And they're, like, who, the dogs are parking, like, right. super late. It's super late. Nobody should be knocking on our door. And so we pull up the ring doorbell camera, and this lady who's had too much to drink gets out of an SUV with people and, like, stumbles up to our front door. And she got a cigarette in her hand, and she's, like, trying to open the door. And then she's looking for the key under the mat. And I said to my wife, I was like, that looks like Tanya. Tucker. No. It's like, no way. And so we sent the video to some a friend of mine who's a country artist. We were like, do you know this person? And they're like, holy crap, that's Tanya
0: Tucker. Did she, she like, was she just at the wrong house?
1: She was going to some party. It was like they were had already been partying or whatever. And, and she had given an address and showed up at the wrong house. <laughs> And when they realized they were at the wrong house, like her friends shouted to her. And then she looked at the ring doorbell. And she's like, Oh, sorry. And, she, <laughs> and then she like put her cigarette out on the doorstep and left.
0: What are the odds that it's Tanya Tucker? Like
1: so bizarre. That is
0: bizarre.
1: So bizarre. So, I mean, but all that to say is I feel like I got to get a gate or
0: something. Yeah. You don't have a gate? No. Yeah.
1: You got to get a gate.
0: I hear statistically having a dog is the like best crime deterrent
1: Mm, not my dogs no I mean my dog will lick you to death
0: but like if you said they were barking like the barking is usually what scares people away
1: well that that's true yeah they they do a good job of barking but they didn't scare Tanya Tucker
0: no well
1: she wanted to come in
0: I feel like she would be hard to scare like that that, she's probably seen some stuff so
1: she's she lived some life and she was ready to
0: I love that for her. I love that for her.
1: She thought she was going to a party at the West house.
0: I it would be a great party.
1: I just wasn't there.
0: Yeah, that's a bummer. Imagine if you'd been there and you open your front door and it's Tanya Tucker, like drunk <laughs> off her butt, ready to party. That that would That's the only thing that would have made the story better. Yeah, that's hilarious. So speaking of lots of words, this is not your first book, right?
1: Uh, this is not my first book.
0: Is it your third?
1: This is actually my sixth book, but only my second good one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love them all I you know I've done different little books like uh, I did um, well I had a song called give this Christmas away and I did a little like gift book for that it was like 101 ways to give this Christmas away Aww. And then when I started writing it I was like I'm such an idiot why didn't I just call this 25 ways to give this Christmas <laughs> away because it's taking too long and then I wrote a book called the story of your life which is a devotional book a lot of my songs are inspired by people's stories and yeah. so That's been a really special part of my creative journey as a songwriter and now as an author, like getting the chance to just draw from a really deep well of powerful stories of lives changed. Yeah. I mean, I'm a firm believer that nothing can move the heart more than the power of a true story. (laughs) Uh, You know, I learned that as a kid when I was a preacher's kid, we would have this group from a recovery center come and, and share their testimony at our church as part of their recovery journey. It was called Teen yeah. Challenge. And they would get up and they would speak. And there was just something about that Sunday morning when Teen Challenge was there, just being honest, telling their story. This is who I was. This is who I'm becoming. You've yeah. got all the glory. Like, And those stories were so riveting to me. And I think those were some early seeds planted that got me passionate about telling people's stories. So Which leads me up to this new book. You know, I wrote a book called Hello, My Name Is. And these books are all just like, they're drenched in page by page in the power of story and really in the reminder that God is authoring a story with each one of our lives.
0: I literally was thinking about this yesterday about how in the world that like that I'm in, like I'm not a musician. So I'm more like a podcaster, Instagram, that world. And that people call that content creation. Like I'm a content creator. I was like, this sounds cheesy, but at the end of the day, aren't we all storytellers?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I believe that. I know, and I don't think it's cheesy either, but I know what you're saying. Like, one of the, I mean, here's something cheesy for you, but I think it'll preach is like, I've been encouraging people for a long time is like, your life is a story, which makes you a storyteller, but the enemy wants you to keep your story to yourself. Yes. Right. And so, we were never put on this earth to be a story keeper. A, a story loses its power when we keep it to ourselves. It yeah. discovers its power when we tell it. And so, you know, really a huge part of my whole ministry platform from our nonprofit ministry that my dad and I have, it's all about helping people learn how to craft, share, and live a more meaningful story with their lives. And a lot of that is, you know, chapter one is like coming to grips with the broken chapters that you don't know exactly.
0: what. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And so, you know, I think I like to think of each of the books that I write and maybe even each of the songs there from this point of like, The God Who Stays, the new book was written during the broken chapters of 2020 and 2021, where we were all experiencing extreme separation, distance, and, and really kind of through that broken chapter in my own personal life, I found myself rediscovering some of the basics of my faith. Like, yeah. I'm not alone. Right. Why does that sound so profound? And yet it's so simple. And it's so true that God stays with me, even yeah. when nothing is staying the same. He is the same yesterday, today, forever. So yeah, I feel like the jumping off point in a lot of what I do is going, all right, what do we do with this broken chapter? What do we do with this messy chapter? And uh, the enemy wants to make us believe those messy and broken chapters disqualify our stories from having an impact. But man, I have seen firsthand that sometimes we might be surprised by which chapter of our stories God's getting ready to shine the brightest through.
0: Well, that's honestly like where this podcast came from was Second Corinthians twelve nine of like, I'm going to boast in my weakness. I'm going to talk about the ways that I can't do it all, the things that I struggle with, so that like Christ's power is seen more, but also like the power of solidarity, like in writing my own book, there were so many times I didn't wanna tell a story. I just wanted to like quote unquote teach. And my editors were like, no, people want to hear stories because then they can see themselves in them and then they can okay. see other people in them. And so I think like storytelling sometimes gets like a weird rap cause you're talking about yourself but I'm like, but I'm not, I'm talking about what God's done like in me, through me, through other people.
1: Well, sometimes I get, you know, like in my songwriting, one of the biggest mental battles that a songwriter can face sometimes is is you sit down to write. And for me, it's like, man, I feel like I'm I'm writing my 10,000th song. And then you add that to the thousands of other songs that are being written somewhere in the world today. And then you add that to the vast history of music that's been created. And you go, it's easy to get defeated and go, what do I have, like, it's all been said. It's yes. It's all been done before. And I'm going to tell you like one of the secret keys to like the empowerment that I feel when I go to create is something that I felt God showed me a long time ago. And and it was a way to combat that defeating voice and say, you know what? It's all been said before, but not the way I'm about to say, it. Amen. it's all been done before, but not the way I'm about to do it. And that's not like a football player scoring a touchdown and then pounding the chest and saying, right. "Look," at it, or pointing to the number or name on the back of the jersey. That's not a, a a cocky approach. That's a I know that God made one of me, which gives me a unique vantage point on all things life, yeah. faith, and so your podcast. Because I joke when I launched my podcast a couple of years ago, I was like, people wonder why? Why did I launch a podcast? Well. After doing extensive research, I realized that there just are not enough.
0: Podcasts. <laughs> right. Like, I mean,
1: seriously, do we need another podcast? Well, guess what? The answer is
0: yes. Yes. 100% a hundred percent. Yes.
1: podcast is needed because nobody sees the world. They can't see through the eyes that God gave you and right. the mind that God gave you and the heart that God gave you. And so maybe that's just a message for anybody out there yes. who feels like they're not unique or distinct or you know, it's like your story matters because your story is the only your story that will ever be.
0: And because like the way I tell my story, which like you said, may look really similar to somebody else's, but the way I tell it is going to resonate with some people and not with others. And the way that you tell your story is going to resonate with some people and not with others. Like we're all like going back to that word unique. My delivery method isn't for everybody. I can be a little blunt or whatever. Some people want a softer landing. That's fine. Go find that.
1: Yes, your so your communication style, your your giftings, your unique exactly. But then the uniqueness of your experiences too. You, I mean, some of the coolest moments that I've experienced and and been able to to play a part in is something dangerous that can happen is when you build your whole artist platform by saying tell your story. Mm -hmm. Guess what? People come out of the woodwork to tell their story, and sometimes. It, what I started to realize was like, okay, it's not just for me to encourage people to tell their story, it's to help equip them to do so and to right. understand what telling their story means. And long story short, though, I've seen it in such beautiful ways where like Jenny from Austin, Texas, like she told me her story and she set free a secret that was 35 years old where she was a scared teenage kid, got pregnant, and she decided to terminate the pregnancy. But for all the years since then, she never told anybody. Uh-huh. And she heard me talking and I was a speaker at a conference and she felt compelled to set her secret free by emailing. And she did. And she told me that story. But the beauty of that was I asked her, I called her one day and she's like, I can't believe you're calling me. I said, well, you told me your story. I wrote you a song. And I said, why why did you send your, why did you tell your secret to me after all those years of all people? And she said, honestly, I never thought you would read it. I (laughs) needed to set it free. But then she started crying and she said, I'm so glad you did because secrets are a heavy thing to carry. And I don't want that heaviness anymore. She went on to volunteer full-time at a crisis pregnancy. And the reason I tell that story, I think the reason why that comes to mind is because it's the uniqueness of your story that is the proof. When you you allow God to use all, not just some, when he says he works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose— that means there's redemption even for the broken chapter. And it doesn't mean you need to start a podcast and the whole thought is, I want to tell everybody about my terminated pregnancy. It's not about that. It's about being willing for God to use the uniqueness of your story, the good, the bad, and the broken in a way that only he could. And Ginny tapped into that. And now because of the uniqueness of her experience, she's able to speak life at a crisis pregnancy center into a young teenage girl who's contemplating Making the same choice she made all those years ago, and right. every time she saves a life, she feels God's redemption. She feels that reminder of this is what grace is. right. I'm so glad I remembered that story just now because yeah. I, I just I needed to hear that too, yeah.
0: well, and I think that goes back to what we originally said that like we're all storytellers, not just people who create content for podcasts or Instagram or books or whatever. like we're all storytellers. Every time she like you were saying, every time she tells her story. In that crisis pregnancy center, like she changes lives. Yeah, and that's that's what we're in the business of. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so we're all telling a story if we choose to step into it, and and right. if we choose to allow you know the author of our story to shine through it. I mean, get ready. You know, it, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. So I think that's why I get so excited about stories. In fact, I'm I'm about to release a new song that kind of the full circle of like my whole journey as a storyteller and has the word story in it. So yeah, so stories are something I'm very passionate. about.
0: So I want to hear a little bit about what 2020 and 21 looked like for you, because the reality is, is that those years looked the same, but different for all of us. You know what I mean? And so I know that that's a lot of where the God who stays was born from. So what was 2020 for Matthew West?
1: Oh gosh, I mean 2020 was tumultuous to say the least. It was survival mode. 2020 was like 87 canceled concerts and 27 was painful and beautiful mm-hmm. at the same time. I mean, the time with my wife and my daughters was was just uh really interesting how like how that it brought us closer together. I think 2020 changed me as a person a lot. I felt like my faith was really tested in a big way. And I'm, I'm kind of jumping all over the place. But I think for me, one of the biggest things I began learning was like, I got to stay encouraged here. I was really discouraged. And I was like, I got to lead my family here. Mm-hmm. And my wife actually did a good job of kind of kicking me in the butt one day, like when the pandemic was raging. I was just addicted to the TV because I mean, every five minutes there was another update The death toll was rising and it was just like it was like must watch tv
0: 24 7
1: yeah and like must watch because of your health must right. watch because of your family all these things i would get so wound up in the morning because i'm watching this and it's panicky and my wife sat me down one day and she's like hey you know you got to do a better job and i'm like what the heck are you talking about and she's like She's like, look, you're you're just a ball of stress. And the kids, everybody's we're we're all scared. but We're looking to you and you've got to lead us better than that. And I just was like, said woman, (laughs) go, you go. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) I took that and I was like, okay, like that was I mean, we got to have truth tellers. Yeah. In our stories and in our lives. Right. And that was what I needed. And so I think. That sort of changed the course for me and like learning how to be a better leader for my family in times of crisis. Yeah. And a lot of that wound up in the pages of my book, like yeah. telling telling the story of, you know, me wishing that I was cool, calm and collected like Tom Brady in the fourth quarter of a football game, but instead realizing that I'm a little more like the disciples in the boat when the storm came and they started freaking out instead of going, we're good. We got Jesus. Right. They were like, the, the scripture says they were convinced they were going to drown. <laughs> right. The guys who were walking with. The They're God, literally
0: in a boat with Jesus. They saw the miracles
1: he did. And yet in the panic, they were prone to forget. And I find grace in that because. absolutely How I am. And yet I found grace in the reminder that what they did after they freaked out was they chose to seek out the one who was in the boat with them. They, mm-hmm. they knew, oh, we're not alone. Yeah. Oh, he's powerful enough to to calm the storm around me and calm the storm within, right? And so right. so yeah, I think 2020 and 2021 have have shaped me in a lot of ways that are deeply meaningful for my character, my integrity, what kind of leader I want to be, and it really drawn me closer to my in my relationship with the Lord, to be honest with you.
0: I'm super excited to announce it. We are firing back up our monthly membership called The Collective. The Collective is a community membership empowering you to navigate real life from a biblical perspective. I love this community and the up-close access it gives us to one another. We cover a quarterly topic with monthly calls and we all grow and learn together and it's just really awesome. You can learn more and get on the wait list at crappychristianco.com slash collective. So if you're like me and you struggle with any combination of stress and anxiety or being on your phone too much, maybe even, I want to tell you about the Abide app. I love this app. Abide is the number one Christian meditation app in the app store, and I've legit been using it for years now to help me fall asleep to ease me into the day in the morning. I've even used it like mid panic attack. (laughs) So it's based on scripture and it's audio meditations that center you and help draw you closer to Christ. So for a limited time, our listeners will get 25% off of a premium subscription when you visit abide.co slash Blake. So you can get started today with 25% off of a premium subscription by downloading the app at abide.co slash Blake. There you'll get additional stories and meditations, premium music, soothing sounds, and more. And in the meantime, you'll be supporting the show and get 25% off when you go to abide.co slash Blake. That's A-B-I-D-E dot C-O slash Blake to download the Abide app and get 25% off your premium subscription. Well, and probably to a degree in your relationship with your wife, like we, my husband and I had to have a similar conversation mid pandemic, like I'd say mid 2020 of like, I, we, I can't watch this anymore because it wasn't just the pandemic. Like everything went to absolute like chaos, cities on fire, politics, all of that kind of stuff. And I had, I kind of got to the point where was like, he was turning on the news every night. I was like, this is not how I want to wind down to go to bed. And there's this fine balance, right, between staying informed and knowing what's happening in the world and letting it wreck you the way that it can. Like, the human psyche was never meant to sustain the 24-hour news cycle. Like, we just...
1: Well, and especially what they're... I mean, they know what they're doing. 100%. They're whipping us into a frenzy. And, you know, I mean, everybody's got their opinions on what all was behind these last couple of years. But there's no denying the desire to i mean they wanted it to be must watch tv and and they got it and you're exactly right it's like how do we stay informed you know who i had on my podcast recently which is called the matthew west podcast by the way for your listeners to um no, not to replace your podcast, but maybe if they're going, I want to listen to another podcast after this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm
0: oh, totally. Oh, the, this is just in, insert ad for Matthew West podcast. Are you paying me for this? I'm paying the you, CPM? yeah. Okay. I've been,
1: I've made, I'm going to send you some mud bug.
0: Per- perfect. Some mud, no, mud, but, mud. Uh, I
1: have this guy, John Eldridge, on my podcast. You know, John, he yeah. wrote Wild at Heart and he's got this great, a new great book called Resilient. But that guy, I started talking to him and he's like, I was like, well, how can people get a hold of you? He's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. I he's love like, that. He's like, yeah, I don't, I'm not on social media. I don't travel to speak, speaking engagements. I really just stay in Colorado. And like, he kind of sounded like this mountain man. And I was like, why are you on this podcast? The like,
0: Matthew West podcast.
1: Yeah. I'm like, what, what are you doing? And he goes, well, I wake up in the morning and I say, Jesus, do you want me to do this? Podcast? Wow. And he said, yes. And I'm like.
0: <laughs> what if God <laughs> had said no? And you were like fully prepared to interview. John I Edwards? know.
1: Well, well, that was the thing about it was like, why does his response? Why did it make me laugh? Like, why was it so radical? Yeah. Like, why was that so radical? Exactly. And the idea of like, man, I, you know, I had somebody tell me today. When it comes to like my music, they were like, okay, now the finish line keeps changing. Like they keep moving the goalposts basically, where it's like, when you release a song, they're saying that like statistically to get maximum exposure for your song, you don't just need a music video. You need like four pieces of, you need four versions of videos, like four pieces of content.
0: That's not just content. That's like a whole thing, right? Like making a music video, you don't just film that in your house, like regular content.
1: No, it's insanity and you wind up just becoming a slave to both what you consume, but also what you're being asked to create. And maybe some of that's a little inside for people like us who are, Mm -hmm. we've chosen this path of like content creation, but regardless, there's that pressure and we're surrounding ourselves with all of it. And one of the things I'm hopeful for with this book is that it will accomplish for others what it did for me, which was, it brought me back to that reminder of like going back to the basics of everything related my faith, even back to like the hymns that I used to sing when I was a kid and like the meaning of it, even back to Genesis, like yeah. when's the last time I read Genesis, going back to it and realizing, wait a minute, like God went to seek out Adam and Eve, the cool of the day, a walk with them. Yeah. And there was something about that that carried great significance for me because I was taking these walks with my family during the pandemic. And I was thinking, who do I go for walks with? Well, I go for walks with people that I like.
0: Mm-hmm. That I enjoy.
1: Yeah. And so I loved that, like just that simple reminder, like God likes us. Like he, he wanted to go (laughs) for a walk with Adam and Eve, but what did they do? They isolated, they hid. And and How many times do we deny that invitation from our creator who just wants to be with us? Mm -hmm. Sometimes when I'm leading people in a prayer during my shows, I'm like, some of you, like I heard one person say one time, I don't want to pray because I'm afraid I'll startle God with the sound of my voice. Like like, in other oh. words, like, he wouldn't recognize me. It's been too long. And, man, I just thought, like, oh, if you only knew how much he loves the sound of your voice, yeah. Like just like the prodigal father, like, he never forgot the sound of his son's voice and came running to meet him while he was a still a long way off. And I think a lot of that kind of went into my writing of just, like, returning back and going, yeah. God, let's take a walk today. It felt like John Eldridge a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Do you watch Parks and Rec? I have. When they say, I like you and I love you. What do they say? I like you and I love you.
1: Oh, that's good. Like Leslie Nope says that. Yeah, she says it to
0: Ben. Yeah,
1: that's good
0: so that's like a soapbox for me on social media is like, God doesn't just love you. Cause he has to, he likes you. Like he thinks you're as cool as you. Like, I think my kids are so cool. Like I have a seven-year-old that's a better artist than I'll ever be at 33. And I'm obsessed with her and I love seeing her gifts flourish. And I'm doing everything I can to like, not be stage mom. I'm not like, you know, being ridiculous, but we buy her art supplies and we send her to art class and we celebrate her work. And, and like in those moments, I'm like, this is how God feels about me and the ways that he's gifted and seeing me run in the fullness of that. I love that. That's not the God we've been taught for yeah. sure. Like a God that likes us.
1: Yeah. I, lo- I love that. That's on your heart. And like, I literally, I love that we're both sharing that same message. Cause that's something that's been like, I don't understand why that's so revelational to me. Like I don't know why I've been a Christian for a long time, but why is the thought that God likes me and doesn't just love me such a hard concept? It's
0: like almost taboo. Like it's almost controversial.
1: I really think it's just it's hard to understand what we ourselves cannot accomplish, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I think a lot of people struggle with self-hatred if they're being honest, right? Or, I mean, who's going to be the worst critic of you in life? It's usually you. I I haven't met a lot of people who walk around going, I'm awesome. And even if they do, behind closed doors, I'm wondering if the I'm awesome that they project is is projection (laughs) projecting the I am not worthy underneath.
0: But do you think that in the fullness of understanding, like, what God thinks of us, what he accomplished for us. Like that is how we should be walking around. Like not in a puffed up, like you were saying, beating on your chest way, but like. Wait,
1: the rock Johnson. Like, do you smell what the rock is cooking?
0: <laughs> exactly. Like, not? okay. But humility isn't sitting down and thinking you suck. <laughs> like it's not.
1: Hey, all I know is that sentence better be in your book.
0: <laughs> uh, it probably is to a degree. I'm sure
1: no yeah it's not humility is not like self-loathing and self-deprecating and like hu- there's confidence in humility
0: a hundred percent true humility yeah
1: you know and when it's when it's christ-centered your confidence comes knowing that i know who i'm here for and it's not exactly. i'm here to to know god and to make him known and for my story to glorify him to bring him glory at the end of every uh podcast episode that I do on the Matthew West podcast, I always say this. I say, like, "Hey, I'll see you next week, remember it's your story. It's glory." And like mm. I think when you live knowing your why and your purpose, you can have a confidence that's driven by humility and not arrogance. Absolutely. But at the same time, like, some people might see me on stage and go, man, that guy's like, he's so confident, like, being up there and whatever. But it's like, I mean, there's so much insecurity. Oh, yeah. That even the most public people are wrestling with inside. And when I get off the stage, sometimes I'll just crumble. Like, mentally, I'll just be like, oh, I did this wrong and that wrong Mm -hmm. and this wasn't right and whatever. And it's like, you know, I start to realize I played Red Rocks (sighs) for the first time. And. I was like beating myself up because like our sound check didn't go perfect and we had all these problems. And afterwards, um, I was walking to this filming thing and the the radio station was taking me up the staircase and we were surrounded. All of a sudden, the view was this breathtaking view of the mountains. I was still just kind of like beaten up about like, gosh, I wanted it to be perfect. and It's not perfect. And uh, the lady who was walking with me, she's like, doesn't seeing these giant mountains around you just realize like doesn't make you realize like God doesn't need us. And I was like, and it just kind of hit me like, here I am, like, why do I have, why does this have to be perfect? Right. It would only have to be perfect if I think that I am the main ingredient in terms of God speaking to people at this concert tonight, when the reality is I am not the main ingredient. Like it does not rely, his success of touching the lives of people does not rise and fall on whether or not I'm a perfect Christian. Yeah. Yeah. That's a journey that I'm continuously on.
0: That is, I feel like a lot of what the book is about is like, even when I change, even when my circumstances change, like God hasn't. Like the fact that we serve and are in relationship with the same God that walked in the garden, that's wild. Like that's crazy. We, I think, as people go through an evolution, right? We're hopefully always growing and changing and changing our opinions and becoming more like him. And then like, he's just this baseline. Like he just stays the same. He just stays good. And maybe we get a better understanding of that goodness, but it's not because the goodness changed.
1: No, he's never changing. I mean, that's where, I mean, one of the chapters in the book that I wrote about is like, every chapter is a different aspect. It's really highlighting a different aspect of God's character, who he Mm -hmm. is, how he stays, right? Yeah. And where he stays, right? But one of the chapters really focuses on the God who stays the same. Yeah. Right. And and I really highlighted on, I swear, if I heard the phrase, well, this is the new normal, or, or what about unprecedented? These are unprecedented times. But as I was writing the book, I started to realize, I look back throughout history, it's like, these have always been unprecedented times. 100%. There's always been calamities. There's always been pandemics there's always been earthquakes there's always been war there's you know it's all every generation has had its own version of unprecedented times but he stays the same yesterday today and forever like the goodness of god does not change Mm -hmm. even when i am myself somehow falling into that less than good category
0: yeah that's awesome well people like know where to find you online like you're not in the mountains in Colorado. <laughs> You're at Matthew J. West. On. Doesn't
1: it sound good like just to uh, be yeah. off the grid? Would you, would you enjoy that kind of life or are you like, no, I, lo- I just love being plugged in. I enjoy, I mean, it's not wrong to enjoy social no. media and stuff like that. What about
0: you? I want to I know what, you- I'll tell you how I feel, but I'm curious how you feel.
1: Okay, here's how I feel. I feel like Aspen, Colorado. And what I mean by that is one time I went to Colorado for six weeks with my family. And I went there to write a book, which I didn't write. I, <laughs> I had too much fun. But then, but when I came home, I wrote that book. That.
0: Saying, did you read the book? <laughs> are you ADHD? You have to be so ADHD that you work under like pressure like that. I do
1: work under pressure, but I am I'm also like very focused.
0: But are you hyper focused?
1: <laughs> I've ne- let's just say I don't have any official diagnosis. Okay. Yet.
0: Yeah. Uh, Every everything doesn't need a diagnosis.
1: Doctors are still marveling.
0: Yeah. Okay. Wait. So tell me about Aspen.
1: Okay. Well, what I mean about Aspen is like in the morning, I could be on a hike in the middle of nowhere in the most gorgeous places, and you're breathing in the clean air and you're exercising and you feel like a mountain man, and you're there's just there's kind of danger. Like I'm I'm out here. What could happen? And and the weather might change and it's It's awesome. You're out in nature, right? Or I'm out fly fishing or whatever. And then the best part is at night, you're eating an incredible meal and you're staying in a hotel or whatever, and and you're in a nice place and you're not in a tent somewhere, right? So I think I like the best of both. The middle, yeah. I like the feeling of being off the grid, but then get me back on the grid for some sushi.
0: (laughs) That's fair.
1: Funny story. One time I, we went to the top of Aspen Mountain. Yeah. We took the gondola. Yeah. And there's this restaurant up there, right? Yeah. So we go to the restaurant and I'm with my kids and my wife and I see Lance Armstrong, the great Lance Armstrong, right? who's, you know, moral failures, all those things. <laughs> but I was still impressed. It's fine. Right. And he was, he looked like he had been exercising. And so I asked the waitress at the restaurant, I was like, does Lance Armstrong come up here a lot? She's like, yeah, all the time. He runs the mountain. And I was like, what? He runs the mountain. And he said, yeah. And I said, well, does he ever tell you, like, do you know how long it takes him? He's like, yeah. He says it usually takes him about 45 minutes. And I thought, if he runs the mountain in 45 minutes, surely I could hike it in, like, maybe double that time. Right, yeah. So the next day, I told my wife, we're not taking the gondola. You're going to take the gondola up at lunchtime with the girls. I'm going to get up in the morning and hike the mountain and I'll meet you for lunch. And then we'll ride down together. And so
0: five hours later, 12
1: o'clock comes, <laughs> one o'clock comes two o'clock. It took me over four hours. Yeah, yeah that sounds and, about right. And I thought I was going to die. And yeah. then like a lady and her poodle passed me. And like, it was so humiliating. And uh, but I made it to the top
0: yeah you've you've hiked A, yeah,
1: but I'm no person.
0: My answer to your preliminary question is I would be completely off the grid if God hadn't called me to this life completely hundred percent,
1: but where off the grid would you be
0: um Michigan probably really yeah, we love Michigan we go we spend our summers there, yeah, and that's why
1: you love Michigan because you're not there in the winter,
0: right exactly, but after thirty three years of 80 degrees 90 degrees in December I don't know maybe I could go for a little bit of snow for a hot minute you know
1: if it was a little bit I would agree but I've been to Michigan in the winter yeah
0: that's true we love Michigan our best friends live there I fought God tooth and nail
1: about Louisiana
0: no yeah well yes about Louisiana and I I still fight God about Louisiana but about like starting a podcast and being on the internet oh yeah like if it was up to me nobody would know my name.
1: Now you're doxed and everybody.
0: Where I live. And I had to change my phone number. Yeah. The worst.
1: Sometimes I, I like going where I'm anonymous.
0: Oh, I love that I'm not like locally famous. I mean, I'm not famous at all, but like there are people. Southern Louisiana is like the smallest big towns ever. And so there's definitely like Baton Rouge famous people. Like, absolutely not. Do not sign me up for that. I don't want anybody to know who I am. But that's just me. I mean... I don't think I don't think either are right or wrong. I just
1: I feel like I get recognized at like the my life is weird where it's not like if Brad Pitt was walking into the grocery store, like everybody recognizes him. Yeah. But mine is weird. Like some people recognize me. Some people don't. Yeah. And so sometimes I don't get used to being recognized, which I would never want to get used to it. Yeah, but then I'll get recognized at weird times when I'm like not expecting it. Not that I'm doing <laughs> anything bad. Oh, no, yeah. But I'm just like caught off guard. And then I'm like, oh,
0: oh, that's right. Like all these people follow me and like listen to my 100 percent. Like as- to be totally honest, as someone that does not keep up with Christian music very much like
1: shame on you. But yeah, right,
0: the worst. But like this has been one of my favorite conversations ever. But like you're, you're just like I do the right song.
1: Well, thank you. One time I was on an airplane. <laughs> this flight attendant was super rude. And my I had, my girls were little. And my wife and I, they were trying to separate us. They had mm-hmm. screwed up. And so my little kids were going to have to be by themselves. And no. I was like, it's not going to happen. And I asked a lady to help. She's like, sir, just sit your kids next to this man. And I'm like, not going to sit next to that man. You know what I mean? I'm not going to sit my daughters next to a stranger. Right? And so people like helped my family sit together passenger yeah he saw what was going on and i turned around to the flight attendant and like yelled several rows back i was like thanks a lot ma'am and she <laughs> goes oh absolutely sir no problem and i said no i was being sarcastic you were no help at all to me or my family and then i sat down and then my wife who was sitting behind me and i had my two daughters with me i hear my wife going to the people next to her on the plane they're like oh really Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, oh you've seen him in concert? Oh, that's great. <laughs> and so here they were like they saw my righteous anger on on the plane yeah. and uh, and they were like, "Yeah, we're a big fans."
0: <laughs> I feel like that would have made me like you more though. I'm going to be totally honest.
1: One time I got a speeding ticket, but it was like a bad speeding ticket. The kind that made me I had to go to court. <laughs> and I stood up in front of the judge and the judge, like, scold him. He's like, son, there's no reason.
0: Yeah. Were you in a school zone?
1: No, but it was 4 a.m. And I was I was late for the airport for a trip. Yeah. So I plead guilty. And he writes me a ticket and tur- hits the gavel. And I'm dismissed. And I turn around to leave. And there's like a family of four. In the back row of the courtroom, with like little kids, and they're like pointing, and they're like, "Hi, we love you. We love your music." And I had just pled guilty, so like, a, I felt like such a criminal. And I was like, "I don't want to be recognized in the county court." No,
0: I'm always waiting for like me to be frustrated with my kids in Target, and someone to be like, "Oh my gosh, I love your podcast!" Like,
1: so always you gotta be. It's it's just a good reminder. Just be on be on your best behavior.
0: Well, thank you so much for. Having just a fun chill conversation. I think this comes out right around when your book comes out. So go get the God Who Stays wherever you read books. December
1: sixth is when it came out. And yeah. uh, but there are we we created some really cool resources to go along with the book. If you go to com, that's not my official website, that's the book's like dedicated page. Yeah. You can get like immediately get access to a chapter by chapter guided tour, a video guided tour. Cool. Uh, five-day like reading plan some really cool resources that hopefully just kind of take the experience a little bit deeper that's awesome yeah so thanks for letting me talk about that
0: yeah thank you all right that's it for this week thanks for tuning in to another episode of the crappy christian podcast and hey by the way if you super loved it can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening that'd be awesome all right see you next week